Welcome to the perfume room. Perhaps you've noticed that this is not our usual time together. And that is because I realized that this coming Tuesday is the 100th episode of Perfume Room. We've been together for over two years and have had so many amazing, talented, brilliant, hilarious, and generous guests along the way. To celebrate this big anniversary, I thought it would be fun to go back to the beginning. So today, as a special bonus episode, I am re-releasing the first ever recorded episode of Perfume Room with the wonderful guest, Kathleen Cardinale, the perfumer and co-founder of Thin Wild Mercury. And of course, to celebrate how far we've all come, I thought it would only be appropriate for you to hear from Kathleen now, today, about all that she's been up to since we first spoke in spring of 2021. Kathleen, Hi, how are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you? Oh my God, it's so good to talk to you. It has been over two and a half years and yet it feels like no time has passed between us. I know, I don't know if that's mortifying <laughs> or exciting or comforting. I know, I don't know if that's good or bad, but, but here we are nonetheless. Um, well, we are coming up on the 100th episode of Perfume Room. You took a chance on Perfume Room. You are our very first ever guest. And I wanted to circle back. Now we're in 2023. We're in the summer of 2023. What is new in your world? Well, first of all, congrats on 100 episodes. And I would say that you took a chance on us to make us your first guest. So um, that's really exciting. And I'm so excited for the next 100 for you. Uh, (laughs) I think it's no secret at this point, because I've been very vocal about it, but we've been working on our second collection, the New York collection. You Um, teased it in the first episode, so we are so ready. I've been teasing it. I've been teasing it technically since the start of the pandemic (laughs) when uh, I released 34 Bohemian Cafes in the summer of 2020. Uh, That was the first one that was supposed to like be the launching pad for the second collection. And um, I would say we were quite blessed with being uh, very successful throughout that time. Uh, But at the same time, it kind of stopped us from being able to actually work on something new with the way that we uh, choose to run our business, uh, just the two of us. So actually, Anthony is currently dropping off packages. <laughs> he's not still, here right now. Still grinding. Are you guys still a two-person team? Yeah. Yep. Wow. <laughs> it's just the two of us. That's, and also, uh, when we recorded, he was your fiance. Now. Yes. Now he is my husband. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, so we're coming up on our our second wedding anniversary. It was just before our wedding. We we eloped in Big Sur um, with with actually Kristen, our photographer, who shot our first campaign, and she just shot our New York campaign as well. She came along and made the little video I shared uh, right after our wedding. It was it was really nice. It was perfect. That's lovely. Okay, well, I'm gonna ask the question that everybody wants to know. What can you tell us? What Easter eggs, what hints can you tell us about what we can expect in this upcoming New York collection? Okay, well, I can start with telling you what not to expect. Okay, so let's go there. I've, <laughs> I've teased a lot of different things that I was working on because I'm really, really bad. I don't think anybody truly understands how hard this is for me to like keep my lips zipped about this. 
so along the way, I've shared like everything I've worked on. Um, I've shared a peony. I've shared a gardenia. I know that people really want something nice and fresh and floral from me. Um, I didn't do that for you. Okay. <laughs> Neither of those things are in this collection. However, I didn't even realize I was going to tell you this. I'm not going to tell you the theme of it, but I've already started working on the third one. Um, so those formulas that I worked on on those fresher kind of floral formulas are going to be a part of a new collection Um, that's more drawn in that direction. So uh, this is a very extremely early tease and you guys know that's probably going to come out in 2030. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But a third collection is coming. That's so exciting. Yeah. It's already, the, the theme is already there. The names are already there. Um, And uh, there was just a lot that I'd worked on in this new collection that got me kind of excited and I was like they're not fitting so as far as the New York collection I can tell you it isn't those things that I've teased a bunch um but a couple of things that I did tease that I said were finished and I was wearing those stuck they're there um and I have used some new ingredients some some hero ingredients if you will in certain perfumes that you haven't smelled in the Los Angeles collection. So there's, there's a lot of newness, obviously too, with 34 Bohemian cafes, you can guess that we've dropped the like place and year mm-hmm. kind of theme that was running through the Los Angeles collection. But, um, there's still that, that thin wild mercury DNA there mm-hmm. as far as, uh, what inspires the sense themselves. And I would say that the stories are more, realized this time and it's really exciting and the 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 campaign the marketing the visual with it is just like it's it's so good um Anthony me and Kristen our photographer like just really knocked it out of the park it was months and months of planning grueling and it was a tough couple of days of doing those four shoots but we got it done and I cannot wait to share it with you guys (laughs) and what's really exciting for everyone listening is that we are going to come back and do another episode in August most likely around the launch when you can share more details and that will be I'll share all the details okay Okay, (laughs) I'm gonna ask you one question I'm putting you on the spot Mm -hmm. can you can you drop one single note of one of the perfumes that you feel comfortable sharing? Yes. Let me think really quickly which one I want to drop. I don't want to be boring because I feel like a lot of people have been going nuts with it. But, I mean, for you, Emma, there is a a very Oris-heavy scent in the collection. My jaw's on the floor. I'm so excited. Okay. (laughs) Kathleen, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and celebrate the anticipation of the 100th episode. We are so excited to talk to you in a few months and hear all the juicy details. And in the meantime, yeah, I know. In the meantime, let's take a trip down memory lane and listen to the first ever episode of Perfume Room. Kathleen, hello. Welcome to the Perfume Room. How are you doing today? 
Good. I'm happy to be here and meeting you and talking to you finally. Uh, I feel like we just know each other through each other's TikTok, so... I know. I'm such a big fan of your TikTok. I always like to start the episode before we get into your TikTok, uh, knowing one, what are you currently wearing if you're wearing something today? Do you have a signature scent? And the third question is, do you have any perfume hot takes, like anything that's controversial? Everyone hates it. You love it. Everyone loves it. You hate it, etc. Um, So I'm, I really didn't put anything on today. I hugged Anthony wearing Aesop Quill, okay. which is kind of like on my skin and I can smell it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I typically don't wear anything because I'm usually working with perfume all day. So it would be just right. a travesty and a waste. Right. Um, and the second question was... Do you have a signature scent? Oh, my signature scent. Um, well, my signature scent before I started making perfume, I mean... You're going to be shocked, but I wasn't like a huge perfume person. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like mixing vetiver oil and bergamot oil together mm-hmm. and just putting that on my skin with unscented lotion like a hundred times a day. Mm-hmm. And that was my like kind of go-to. And before that, I was like a little bit basic, I guess. And I liked just the original Chloe. <laughs> um, that was like what I wore all the time. Yeah. But I started smelling it on everybody. And that's when I was like, I need to like make my own thing. Yeah. You're like, I can't smell like everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my fiance would go out and he'd be like, I hugged like three girls tonight and they smelled like you. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's because they're all wearing the same thing. Right, right. Um, and controversial hot takes. I mean, I'm not, I think the most controversial thing about me is that like, I'm not a perfume collector and I'm not like, I'm not super educated on everything that's out there. I'm like, making it first. I'm kind of like one of those musicians who like just makes music, but I don't listen to it, which is Mm -hmm. like super weird. So I think, I think that's my controversial stance period. I do love Baccarat. I feel like everybody kind of does. And it's a little bit like, I know it's really blown up recently on social media too, Mm -hmm. but I can say that uh, I liked it before social media. (laughs) I believe it. Yeah, you know what's funny is that my hot take is that I'm like the I feel like I'm one of the only people that doesn't like baccarat. So I know I you this. don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's so funny. You know, it kind of reminds me of like when you hear of like fashion stylists who like in their personal lives just wear like all black and don't even want to think about it. Just like to some extent, I feel like if you don't understand or if you don't, if you're not huge in the full landscape of how much perfume is out there and what perfumes out there, you're almost at an advantage because you don't have to think about like, I don't know, like I feel like when I, when I first started stand up, for example, I didn't understand how hard it was to make it. And so I was just like, I'm doing this, this is it. And then once I started to like understand the scope, I was like, oh, this is daunting. Like in some ways it kind of helps propel you. I don't know if you, if you have that experience. Yeah, no, I, I totally get it. I totally get it. I also feel like I'm just like a little bit more open to interpretation. If I'm like Mm -hmm. reading a scent profile, like it's funny. I like to think about what something smells like a lot more than I do Mm -hmm. like actually smelling it. But I'm always surprised once I actually get a sample of something I've been kind of like reading about and what the description is and how either bought on it is or completely out there it is. But it's, um, it definitely allows me to be like a little bit more open. And I also don't really take it personal if somebody is like alluding to the fact that like, maybe I tried to copy something because I'm like, no, I didn't. I've never smelled that before. Yeah, you're like, I couldn't yeah, have. I didn't I don't know, know what that, that smelled like. like. <laughs> right, right. You're yeah. like, maybe we both are geniuses, but that's the extent. 
Well, that's part of the reason too why I love what you've been doing on TikTok because I feel like you describe scents in an aesthetic and so many people describe scents by the notes which don't resonate with consumers because they don't know what that specific note smells like. And I feel like your page is all about like the vibe. Like if you are wearing, you know, Zuma 1975, this is the energy that it evokes. This is the scene that I see. This is the song that I hear. And it's so, it's such a full picture for people to sort of understand perfume. Yeah, I definitely, crafted that whole collection off of like I obviously a place came to mind like Mm -hmm. I I wanted to kind of evoke like what this place that like I visited in my life living in LA kind of smelled like to me and what it would have been like in the past to like go to a party and smell everybody there Mm -hmm. as weird as that sounds to smell everybody at a party but um yeah I definitely I definitely like to create mood around the fragrances obviously you have to have some kind of understanding of how to craft perfume. But um, I'd say, I guess, like my little artistic flair is definitely just like creating like a world in my head and, and trying to get to that place through smell. I feel like your visuals are totally on point and I, I'll watch your video and then I'll smell the fragrance and it's exactly, it's exactly the vibe that you capture a vibe so well. So I, I thank you. I just love that about, about your life. How did you, So you mentioned you weren't huge on fragrance before. Like, how did you decide to go to perfume school and and what were you doing previously? So what I was doing previously was I was working in retail. I worked in luxury retail for like 12 years, um, pretty much the entire time I lived in L.A. Um, I went to school for communications. I thought I wanted to do PR until I started doing some PR stuff. And I was like, this isn't for me. And then just kind of like took off in my career in L.A., that way. Um, But I always kind of like felt like there was a little bit of like a creative aspect to my life that was missing. And I was always looking for it. I got a lot of enjoyment through like getting dressed and my personal style um, that way. But at a certain point, like I just wanted to feel a little bit more challenged. And I was opening up a new store for a company that I worked for called Scoop, which you probably are familiar with Mm -hmm. living in New York. That's Mm -hmm. no longer. Right. but there was a florist who was next door to us and she did the flowers for our stores. And I was like, your job is so cool. Like I would hang out with her in the flower shop. And it was just like a very quiet, meditative, um, kind of like solitary uh, profession that I really like mm-hmm. working with the public all the time. There was something that was like cool about being quiet and by yourself that I kind of was like drawn to. Yeah. Um, But I I didn't want to be a florist at all. But I think that coupled with like starting to collect some essential oils, like everybody like started to have essential oils like everywhere all the time Mm -hmm. in my life. And I just had my own collection of them. I, I don't know, perfumery just kind of like naturally came into the fold of like reading about all those things. I'm an insane researcher about like literally everything in my life. Mm -hmm. Like if I, I want to know the ins and outs of everything. So when perfumery kind of like popped into my mind, I was like, oh, that would be a really interesting thing to learn. And then I found out how hard it was to learn about it. Mm -hmm. And it made me want to know how to do it even more. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I quickly discovered that there was like basically nowhere where you could really learn it here in the U.S. And the schools in France were like really competitive with only a few slots. And like, I couldn't realistically see myself like leaving uh, my life to go to school for this like idea that I had. So I just started to buy oils myself, like in different um, synthetic aroma chemicals, Mm -hmm. reading blogs. I went on base notes and just kind of like, I just started playing with it. Yeah. I will say this was only after I had come up with the idea for the Los Angeles collection. So 
I had the idea for the collection before I ever even started making perfume. So I was at work one day and I just like wrote down all four fragrances, like pretty much as you know them today. Wow. And I was like, oh, that would be a cool perfume collection. And I came home and told Anthony and I was like, but I want to make them. And I think this is like a stupid idea. And he was like, that is a, an amazing idea. You should definitely like try to do it. So, you know, it only took like three years <laughs> to be able to make them and learn it. But yeah, I was committed to it. Did you go to any school or it's all self-taught? So I was was teaching myself for about, which is basically a hobby at this point, right? I'm just like playing when I'm not working and I'm making terrible stuff. It doesn't smell good. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. It would be nice to be able to like bounce some ideas off of another person and like just be in person with people. So I started looking things up and I found the Institute of Art and Olfaction in Los Angeles, but like they weren't offering any classes or anything. And it, to me at the time, the site seemed kind of like it hadn't been updated in a while. I, I could be completely wrong. It was my first time like visiting it, but I just put in my email for like updates. And like two weeks later, uh, they started offering this course for the first time. And it was materials 101. And it was like, you'd get six materials in each class and you'd smell them, write down what they smell like to you and you'd share it in a circle. Mm -hmm. And it was like six weeks. So I signed up for that class and then they added two more modules. So that was my, that was my like schooling to a certain point, which People like to ask me all the time, like who are interested in doing this, like, like, what do you recommend I do? And that is what I recommend you do is just study mm-hmm. more than a year of, of me, like learning was just me studying, right? Like just smelling them, getting used to what each individual material smells like, how long it lasts, what it reminds me of. And, uh, the thing that was probably the most helpful when I was like going to my classes was being around other people and their experiences and how they experience the smell, right. um, it informed me a lot more because clove to me smells like more like Christmas and mm-hmm. to someone from Europe, it smells more like the dentist. So right, uh, right. it's good to be able to like know those things. Yeah. No, context is key. I feel like sometimes someone describes a specific note in a way that you never even thought of and then you can't see it. And like someone once told me that natural uh, rose has like an asparagus smell. Mm. And that was something I had never heard before. Mm-hmm. And then I smelled it and I'm like, I kind of see where this is coming. You know, you can look, you just start seeing things differently. That's like my favorite thing. So like we would get, I don't know, cedar wood, right? You're like mm-hmm. passing around cedar wood and we're all smelling it. And it's very quiet in the room for like five minutes where we all write down what we think. Then you go around one by one and you say what you think. And a lot of people would have like the same kind of thing over and over. And then you get to one person, and they'd be like, it smells like popcorn to me. And everybody would be like... Oh yeah, I smell it. I smell the popcorn. Right, so the power right. of suggestion, yeah, the power 100%. of suggestion is amazing with with smell. It's crazy. It's right. really fun actually, yeah. um, and it kind of like opens you up a little bit more to not feeling like you have to like follow all these rules all the time. Mm-hmm. Where it's like there is one way to make this type of scent. Yes, you do need molecularly. You do need certain things to build the structure of the smell of certain florals, but um, right. you can maybe add your own little take on it too, yeah. or you know extract something from it and kind of play off of that a little bit. Yeah. It's it's an art form at the end of the day. 100%. Well, so you were mentioning that you sort of had this vision of the line of all the different fragrances in your Los Angeles. It's the Los Angeles collection, right? That's mm-hmm. the okay. Yeah. So when you say that, did you like envision the smells or you just envisioned like the aesthetic? Like, were you writing down notes or were you just writing down like moods? It was moods. It was all aesthetic. That, that really kind of like 
informed my style and brand completely. And I also like, it was really important to me, like going to Sephora and walking up to the fragrance wall and pulling from all of those fragrances, like wasn't the most exciting thing for me. Mm -hmm. There was something that felt really like repetitive about the experience. Right. I was also very uninformed when I was doing it. I'm like totally comfortable saying that I was like a perfume noob before I became a perfumer. <laughs> but um, I wanted to smell, I wanted to make something that like I wanted to smell like. So like I, when I started making Zuma, I, I took vetiver and I took bergamot, the two things that I was wearing anyway, and kind of jumped off from, from that. Mm-hmm. And then I, I thought about different people in my life, like my mother and different friends and just, you know, people I had worked with and just known in my life and thought about the way they smelled and kind of like wanted to like capture that. So it was more so like, it was definitely a mood in my own, my own like expression in a way, you know, from there, that is when I would start writing notes. It's hard for me to just be like, Oh, I, I, I've actually been trying this at the second collection of like, I want to make a peony fragrance. Mm -hmm. And I've been like, not doing a great job of getting to a place where I like, I'm very happy. So I like backtracked and I started writing down like the world, the mood, the story. And right. I'm getting a lot further now in my collection by just following like that is how I do things. That's my template for work. Right. So right. yeah, that's, that's how it happened. It, it really happened though, like as a full collection, like I'm telling you, I was just sitting at my desk with a notebook and I literally wrote down each name just in a list. And I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing right now. Like, and then I was like, oh, this, this is like a, this would be like a cute idea. (laughs) It was just as simple as that. Um, And then, you know, it spent a lot more time evolving and developing as far as like the idea goes. But yeah, that, that was definitely my starting point. And I think scent is a great tool for telling a story or even like exploring your own memory. So it's not surprising that that's kind of like how I like to work. And I'd say like a lot of perfumers would probably work that way. Um, even if you're creating something for somebody else, like they're coming to you with like an idea, like right. they people have a reason why certain things might be like their signature or they want to smell a certain way. So, right. Well, I was really impressed in the Los Angeles line with the diversity between each scent. Like they really totally did feel like each built a different world. And that makes me also wonder when you make fragrance, do you only make things that personally resonate with you? Or have you ever created one where you're like, this doesn't really feel like my vibe, but this is a vibe? Um, so I just made something that I wouldn't wear. Mm-hmm. Oh, there is a bird right next to me. <laughs> I, <laughs> this is real time Zoom, baby. <laughs> he, he he's a bird that we feed, uh-huh. and he just landed like on the computer. I wish you could have seen it. Oh my god! I'm That's gonna wild. feed him right now. He's like our pet. Um, I love it. This is this is like a Napa <laughs> Zoom if I ever heard one. Like, I oh, wish that you could have <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I'm just That's gonna amazing. put the nuts behind me so he can take them. He's like <laughs> he's been hopping around and I've been ignoring him. He comes to our window every morning for us to like give him nuts. That's so nice. And he's like, "What are you doing? Like, why are you ignoring me?" Um, yeah, feed me. So I did just make something that it smells like a fully fleshed out perfume. I would not wear it. I'm not going, that's not going to be a part of any collection. So yeah, I don't want to wear, I feel strange, like releasing something I wouldn't personally feel like, like I'm going to put on, I put on everything in the collection for different, different reasons at different times. So yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely an extension of, of my taste. And do you have, I mean, I know this is a hard question as like a parent, (laughs) but do you have a favorite currently? Oh, well, currently changes it up. Currently changes it up. Uh, Currently, I I do like Zuma in like in the springy, like summery kind of time. Mm -hmm. Um, It's Mm -hmm. getting a little warmer out. I feel myself like reaching for that a little bit more. It was also like that was like, you know, what I used to wear 
basically. Um, right. The vetiver and the bergamot. The one that I was like absolutely, completely obsessed with, wore it all the time. Anthony wore it too, was Laurel Canyon. Like that was the one I wore consistently every day for like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite one. And that one, when I was testing it, so like I personally wear everything as I'm testing it to figure out like if it's something I want to release or like how long does it last? It was very important that for me, that my perfumes had lasting power. I wanted them to stay throughout the day because like I'm not someone who's like great at like maintenance and touch-ups. So that was important to me. So I tested everything to make sure, but I had sprayed a little bit on in my car before I was like walking to work and I had to walk a block to work. I remember passing this woman, she was walking a dog and I was on the phone and I put my things in the back. I came to the front of the store and like five minutes later, she walked in the store and she was like, oh my God, I found you. I just walked into like five stores to find you. I need to know what you're wearing. Like what perfume are you wearing? I followed you down the street. Like I can still smell you out there. You smell so good. What is it? And I was like, uh, okay. I think Laurel Cannon's done (laughs) and I can release this one now. Yes. Um, That's the ultimate test. Yeah. I mean, you know, as a parent, yeah, they're all, they're all near and dear. Like whiskey is probably, you know, the cult favorite of Mm -hmm. the collection. Like Mm -hmm. people go nuts for that one. Yeah. Men, women, everybody, like everyone loves it. So they all have like their own little like personality and position in the collection where they shine in their own way. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever like, I don't know if commission is the right word, but have you ever like for a close friend or family member, like made a custom scent that you didn't end up marketing, but you're just like, this is you friend or parent or whatever. No, no. Okay. No, and people have like people have asked and like suggested and I'm like I still feel because I am I'm still like in my like infancy as a perfumer. It was like it took a lot for me to feel comfortable like releasing the Los Angeles collection mm-hmm. and feeling like confident in my work and like it was kind of the first time that I ever did anything like that on that scale where it was like, you know, I initially just released like my friends and family cuz like nobody knew who I was, right? And every time somebody buys a sample set, I'm still nervous like Every time we ship one out and I'm still surprised. I'm still surprised every time somebody buys a bottle. Like, so I think, I think a little bit, like, I think later in my life as a perfumer, I'll feel a little bit better about being able to commission, like meet somebody's expectation and standard of like mm-hmm. what they're, cause I, I feel so like abstract the way that I work mm-hmm. that it's like, it's surprising to me when I like, I'm like, oh, okay. All right. This is working. And I like it. Now I do have things that I like mm-hmm. that I haven't released that I don't know if they're right for like the mood of what I'm coming up with or, or you know, the story I want to put to it. Mm-hmm. Um, that just kind of happened by accident. But yeah, I, I've been asked. I think I'd be more apt to do it for somebody who's like close to me, like a family member than, you know, somebody who's like sliding into my DMs about it. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right. Especially because you can't even, if someone slides into your DMs, you don't really get the full scope of like who they are. Or, yeah. You know, it's hard to, it's yeah. hard to accommodate. And it's a long process. It takes a long time. Right. Like right. it took me took me nine months just to make whiskey, just to be like, okay. And I was working every day right. and being, and changing things and adding them and fitting with it. So um, I don't know if anybody would have the patience to wait for me to do something like that. <laughs> it's like literally creating a child. Like you put in your order and nine months later, you <laughs> yeah. get a baby. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, I hope you guys are enjoying this episode as much as I am. Today's Perfume 101 is on skin scents. 
What are skin scents, and does wearing them make you a cannibal? In short, yes. Anyone who wears skin scents is a cannibal. Kidding, obviously, but skin scents are often classified as smelling like you, but better. Think of them as enhancers. They're like the Botox of fragrance, if you will. Now, what is the smell of you, but better? Typically, notes that are clean or musky or woody or fresh or cashmeric, things that sort of wear close to the skin. They're going to be low projection, which means someone across the room is not going to smell you. And there are two synthetic molecules that I personally have come to associate with skin scents, and those would be isoesuper and ambroxan. Now, what's interesting about both of these molecules is that these are notes that are added to other fragrances to make them more potent, to make them last longer, smell stronger. However, in recent years, there's been a trend of isolating these notes and having them be their own fragrances or the dominant note in fragrances. And whenever that's the case, whenever I see an Imbroxan dominant fragrance or an ISOE super dominant fragrance, I know I'm about to smell a skin scent. So Ambroxan smells kind of musky, ambery, salty, a bit woody, in my personal opinion, a bit fuzzy and plasticky. And then ISOE Super is a bit more smooth and it's going to smell a little bit more fresh, woody, and cedar-like. So the perfect example of this would be Molecule 01, that is 100% ISOE Super, and Molecule 2, which is 100% Ambroxan. Another fragrance that's 100% Ambroxan, although it's technically Cetalox, which is just Ferminish's formula of Ambroxan, would be Juliet has a gun, not a perfume. Hope this helps. Now back to the episode. So I want to talk to you. You were talking about like people on TikTok loving, you know, Whiskey 1969. How has TikTok impacted um, your sales or your mark? Like, do you guys have other people that work for your, that help you with marketing or, or are you really just like grassroots on TikTok? Okay. So I was just on Instagram up until last July, like end of June, July. So we're mm-hmm. coming up on a year of like TikTok knowing about Finn Wild Mercury. And we had like good business, but I still had my job. It was still like my side kind of thing where I kind of like always thought it was going to be that way. And then I had, oh, you pretty things DM me on mm-hmm. Instagram saying like somebody asked her to review my perfume. I didn't know who she was. I didn't even know about TikTok. I'm like a hundred years old, I guess. I don't know. I just wasn't, I knew about it, but I, w- I wasn't on it and I didn't know like what it was. Mm-hmm. I love it now. I think it's like so fun. Yeah. But she shared it on TikTok too. And it was like overnight, like mm-hmm. I quit my job. Like it was, it was crazy. It just like, it blew up and she knows how thankful I am to her. And yeah, I think it was like right person, right place, right time. So that was July of last year. And then I think I posted my first TikTok in like October or November. I finally was like, maybe I'll do it. I don't know. And it was like, it was like when Instagram started releasing reels and stuff. And I was like, I'm going to have to like do this, I guess. Right. And um, my first TikTok did like really well. It was just like me filtering some perfume. Mm -hmm. I put no effort into it at all. I was like, what? I was like embarrassed to be doing it. My Instagram had mostly just been like me sharing, you know, older photos and some of the stuff that I shot with Kristen Gallegos, our photographer who shot our our little like commercials and our campaign. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't really like, I wasn't a part of the brand at all. I was a little bit nervous about that, Mm -hmm. but the response was like crazy TikTok, I guess, like really like small business people, (laughs) small business owners. Like it's like such a, it's such a positive, nice, like safe kind of space in social media, which is like so refreshing from 
from Instagram. I mean, I don't know how long it, that will last for, right. but for now it's like, it feels like a really nice supportive space. So that has kind of been my journey. I'm not like big on TikTok or anything. Like I've got like 30,000 followers. I'm That's not, huge. It, it, it's bigger in terms of like, I got those followers very quickly, but like right. every, I don't even, I mean, we could do a whole podcast on like the woes of TikTok and trying to figure out what the hell's going on there. Let's get there because <laughs> I'm on the same page as you. Seriously. Yeah, it's like, it's like so weird. I know. But yeah, that kind of like, I mean, not to like put like all my stock in that, but it, it did change our lives. Like yeah. I ended up having to like leave my job. Like with the pandemic, I was, uh, I was furloughed. They furloughed us for two months. So they were still like paying our health insurance and, but like they weren't paying us anymore. I was on unemployment, but I was like, okay, I have this business, which did like $0 in, in March of that year. Mm-hmm. Cause everybody was like, what the hell is going on? Right, right, right. But I just finished 34 Bohemian cafes, which I'm planning on releasing very soon again. I saw that. I was like, what is this? Is this yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, like nobody's going to be able to smell this because like, I'm not going to be able to keep doing this. It's just going to be too hard. So I just sent out an email mm-hmm. and this was before TikTok. This was like the first week of April. I sent out an email and I was like, Hey, for the customers that I do have, this is a really weird time we're going through. And I just appreciate everything that you've done. And I do have something new if you want to smell it, but I can't just like ship it to you. Mm -hmm. If you like, if you buy something, I'll just send you a free sample of it. And like my existing customers at that time, like really showed up in a big way. And like, it was crazy. And I was so surprised and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So we sent out a lot of samples and with the money that I did make from that push, I just put back into ads again. And I was like, let me just like try to like push the brand along and just see uh, what do I have to lose at this point? Like the world's falling apart. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I've lost my job, like right. whatever, who cares? Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> that's the way to be. <laughs> yeah. And then things started going really well. And I was like, Ooh, this is going like really well. This is like better than working right now. Like, I don't know how long it's going to last for it, but it's really good. And then the TikTok thing happened too. So it was like, yeah. there was already like kind of like a natural momentum behind everything. And then that just kind of like really pushed it like crazy and And people, people liked what we were putting out there. So, I mean, you are to me like TikTok's perfumer and I get comments all the time asking me about Thin Wild Mercury. And I think it's a testament not only to how good your fragrances are, but just like how well, like your videos are really soothing to watch and they're educational and they're like, they're aesthetically pleasing. And I just feel like Thin Wild Mercury is just like a case study. And if you have a good product and you just know how to reach people native to what they're actually doing, you can build a brand, you know? That's such a big title to wear, TikTok's perfumer. <laughs> you are. I mean, who else is doing it? Yeah. I mean, I, I do see some of my like indie perfumer colleagues out there like on TikTok, but it's it's hard. Like it's hard to say like what video is going to capture people's attention or, or whatever is going to happen. But right. um, people do want to like, they want me to teach them something and I don't feel like a teacher quite yet, but I, I do feel like I have knowledge to share. That's the one thing that like I don't like about perfume it's like this very secretive industry I know. and like yeah. it, but like do, it doesn't need to be that way like I, I want to share I just have to like I have to find like what my like teaching voice is and like figure out how to do it because it's very hard to do that in like 30 to 60 seconds too right. it's like a pretty 
pretty complex. So I've like tried to share like, you know, resources and things like that to the best of my ability. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the number one thing always is like, I mean, I can't teach you anything on my TikTok. Like it's years and like a long, it's a long time to just sit by yourself. It's not a very like engaging kind of activity right. to show by yourself, I guess. Right. Now, if we can have like smell-o-vision happen. Yeah, I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for if that. If some, somebody please create that because like then we're opening up like a whole new, a whole new world for, for sure. I think it'll exist someday. And then we'll look back and be like, do you remember a time before Smell-O-Vision? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be alive for it. I want, like I want the to the only sense that we haven't tapped into. <laughs> for that. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything that you can share about your upcoming New York line? Can you repeat the name? It's 34. Okay, so 34 Bohemian Cafes is the first one. Bohemian Cafe. Okay. I do have the whole collection is envisioned. I have all the names. We have all the artwork done for it. Mm What has been challenging is because I make all of my perfume and like every single vial is filled by me. Every bottle, everything is mixed. I have like had no time to like physically work on new stuff. Um, right. I have written a couple of formulas I'm like pretty happy with. So I'm getting somewhere slowly but surely. And I'm I'm looking for a little bit of help in the area of mixing my current formulas so that I like can have some more time. Mm-hmm. So I would be done. And I feel like I've been talking about this New York collection for like a really long time. I was hoping to release it sometime last year, but you know, Life. I'm, I'm fine. That didn't happen. But 34 Bohemian Cafes, so we, we did a limited edition release of 34 bottles last June, and we did, like, you know, a special label. The formula is going to be slightly different when we re-release it, like, in the main collection again. So, like, you truly did get, like, something limited edition if you bought that bottle. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So um, it's still going to sell very similar. I'm just a little, I'm using less tobacco absolute in it. Interesting. That's the, like, that's, that's what's happening. So that one is inspired by an old newspaper article that I read from like the 50s. I can't find it anywhere anymore. I, I don't know where, I, I, maybe I read it in a dream, but I'm pretty sure I read it. It was like a microfiche, you know, picture of the article on some like site. And they were talking about like this big bust that had happened in the village for one of those underground cafes, like where the poets were reading poetry after 2 a.m. and they were serving coffee and people were like smoking weed and stuff like, right, you know, right, all right. the beats were hanging out. Right. And the police chief was like, he was being interviewed and he was very proud of himself for like arresting all these people and finding these restaurants. And he said, it's our goal and our hope to shut down all 34 Bohemian cafes in the village. And like, that's where I took that line from because yeah. I was trying to be like too on the nose. I was like, am I going to do like the gaslight or something like that? And I was like, I don't want to like repeat myself again. I want to be a little bit more funky with the names this time, but still have the same like spirit of Thin Wild Mercury. And also like, it was really important to get that era, that time, that feel, that energy down because like Bob Dylan is who we got our name from. Mm-hmm. And he's so a part of that scene. And, and he, you know, he's so connected and interwoven to all of that. So I wanted to do something that was like, kind of grabbed your attention. And I was like, I know it's wordy, but I kind of like how like crazy it sounds. Um, so that's 34 Bohemian Cafes. I wanted to get the energy and feel of that one really, really like spot on and kind of encompass everything because Thin Wild Mercury, 
the name of the company is inspired by Bob Dylan. It's something Bob Dylan said in an interview, um, which is very famous. There's like, I think there's like a band that calls themselves Thin Wild Mercury and you, you type it in, you'll, I think there's like biographies with that title, but I, yeah, I just wanted to be able to encompass that. So I felt like that little like pull quote, all 34 Bohemian cafes. I was like, okay, that does it. Like, yeah. it's not going to be so on the nose. You know, like Chateau is like, like everyone knows it's Chateau Marmont. It's like very on the news. Whiskey, right. everybody knows it's whiskey, a go-go. Right. So I didn't want to like repeat that. And I felt like it was like kind of more of like a, a mood in an era. And it was yeah. kind of like, I don't know, the police chief said it and it's kind of like sticking it back to him a little bit. Like, like rebellious. Yeah. 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 And it still has that nomenclature of like a number and a name, which your fragrances all seem to have. So even though it's like a new twist, it still has like that, like that vibe. Mm-hmm. That's, I love. So it's going to be like tobacco heavy. Yeah. So, um, so you haven't smelled it yet. Oh, you need to smell it. I'll have to send you a sample of it. I mean, I would love to. <laughs> I have to send you a sample of it. Um, so yeah, it's like a leathery, oody, tobacco-y. I would, I would call it like the whiskey of the collection. Mm-hmm. Okay. If I'm going to like, but it smells d- totally different than whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still like, you know, it's still dark and ambery in color from the tobacco absolute. I don't know how dark it's going to be after I reformulate it ever so slightly. It's going to be so slight. I just wanted to use a little bit, a little bit less than what I had originally put in there. But yeah, it's, uh, it's good. I really like it. That's the last one I put on when I went out to dinner last. Oh my God. I'm so excited. We had, we had some visitors, you know, we're all celebrating our vaccine and we had visitors come and stay with us. Uh, Anthony's sister and her friends. (laughs) Thanks. And she, Mm -hmm. they were all like, they were just like going through the bottle that I have the whole weekend. They're like, I'm so obsessed. Please send it to me when you're done with it. So yeah, I'm excited about that one. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, I'm trying to do like a little bit. Oh, Anthony just brought me the bottle. There it is. Oh, I love that and font. That's so that's cool. That's the color. Yeah. So I love it. It's like, you know, I love it. real wacky. <laughs> yeah, like say no, it. that's like, really great. I can't wait to try it. Yeah, I like sketched out like how I wanted it to look. And Anthony like in Photoshop was like taking the font and trying to like make everything. But um, oh my God. this one's going to be all about the fonts. The font. Everything is going to be like a different font. Yeah. So I love it. I love it. So the other stuff is still under wraps. Under wraps for now. That's the most I'm like putting it. I have, I have a tendency to like talk about stuff too much. And then like people are like asking me about it. I'm like, uh, you shouldn't know about it yet. Why did I care? I just get excited. <laughs> Before I started this podcast, I'm like, something big is coming up. I'm not going to tell you. Okay, I'm going to tell you. I'm starting a podcast. And I was like, what? nobody even asked me. Nobody asked me. I know, I know. <laughs> it's really, know. Um, it's crazy. Today, brought to you by this month's sponsor of Perfumerum, BDK Parfum, we have reached the final installment of Perfume Fan Fiction. This one entitled, Life is Hard, My Ode to Villanerally, written and performed by me, Emma Vernon. To shop Villanerally, head to LuckyScent.com and use the promo code 10PR for 10% off a full bottle. <clears throat> Life is hard. Life is hard for you today. Difficult decisions on which you must weigh, like, for example, Sancerre or Rosé. You've just begun to relax when you're called to report. For dinner digestifs, limoncello or port. Arduous hours lounging on the terrace beyond the stucco walls and terracotta tiles, of which you're the heiress. For you, there's no downtime on the Isle of Capri, in your old hillside villa beside the Mediterranean Sea, forced to breathe the air of salt and bitter orange trees. Your drinks are always cold and your skin always warm. This is Villanarily. Enter if you dare. You've now been warned. 
So you're talking about how Anthony um, helped you in Photoshop. And, you know, I also, I don't know what to call myself these days. I'm really all over the place, but I do have a background in matchmaking. And I would love to learn more about what it's been like being in business with your fiance, like a story of how you guys met, anything. Yeah. So funny, we're from the same, like, hometown, but we didn't know each other. He graduated high school and then I went in the next year. So he's Mm -hmm. like five years older than me. Four. Four. He gets so mad. He's like, he's four years and 10 days older than me. (laughs) Um, So we didn't, we didn't know each other back then, but we met at a party when he came back home for like Thanksgiving, but we were just friends and he lived in LA. And then I moved to LA and a few years later, our friendship blossomed into love ship. Um, yeah, so that's how we met. We, I mean, we always like really enjoyed each other's company and we're, we were, we were friends first. So I think that's mm-hmm. always like a pretty good foundation for a relationship. Um, I mean, cause at the end of the day, you know, especially through the pandemic, like yeah. you want to be able to like, feel like the person you're hanging out with is your best friend. So especially if you can't hang out with anybody else for a whole year. Yeah, there he is. Hi, <laughs> nice to meet you. Hello. He said nice to meet you. Yeah, nice hello, to hello. He can't hear you. Nice to meet you too. Oh, well. Well, let's talk some smack about him yeah. and tell us how you really feel. <laughs> um, <laughs> you want to join? Do you want to join for the relationship portion? Just stick it in. <laughs> okay, guys, we have a special treat. We have the other half of Thin Wild Mercury, Anthony. Anthony, I don't know your last name. I'm so sorry. It's uh, Paul Chino. Kind of like Al Pacino, the actor, just spelled a little bit differently. Okay, yeah. we have Anthony Pacino, the other half of Thin Wild Mercury, <laughs> who's joining us. Just as I was talking about what it's been like for you guys, you know, as a couple to be in business together. Oh, yeah, it's been great. I, for me, For me, it's been great all the way since the beginning. No, it's it's cool. When Kathleen um when Kathleen decided just to start something on her own, originally the, the very early conception of it was to do like vintage clothing and stuff. She might have mentioned that to you. Mm-hmm. And um I kind of uh you know, in my history of being a really uh well versed musician in like the history of rock and roll of everything when we were going about titles, I suggested the Thin Wild Mercury title because I'm kind of a Bob mm-hmm. Dylan sort of and rock and roll fanatic. Cool. And you know, I've read all the biographies and all the documentaries and everything. You can see there's like a bunch of records behind us. Um, and then that stuck. And then that was kind of like the be- like the very beginning of kind of working together that she like took my idea for the name. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then when that whole totally changed course and she started to learn about how to make perfumes, I think my natural do-it-yourself sense from being a musician just kind of kicked in the gear. And I was like, I can help you. There's no problem. No, I just kind of wanted to be helpful at first. And then yeah. it just started to turn yeah. into like an actual role. And then we just started, we just started realizing we were working together. We were building this together we're we're just doing this and then it just became it it just became natural yeah he definitely added like another dynamic to what the dna of the brand is he's like a part of it too he's not making the perfume but like he's all over the branding well, yeah, she would talk about things and then I would just go research it or whatever. She would have an idea for something artistic and explain it. And I would just get, I would just hop on and like design a sketch of it. She'd go, oh yeah, I can kind of see that. And cool. then she'd sit down and then we'd pour a drink and then we would like start working on it together. And then in like one or two nights, be like, this actually looks really cool. So then like I would start to facilitate the ideas that she was voicing. That's like the most productive date night ever. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> she would she would kind of explain things and put it into my head and then I would just kind of run away and then go something like this and she would go either just no right right off the bat 
which would send me lead me closer to making the real thing or yes which would lead us closer to making the real thing like either way i was very excited and like into creating it like she just said with this new one 34 bohemian cafes we were looking at old posters that would be like in front of the shops and cafes in new york and the greenwich village in the 60s like the old art posters that would be like advertising a show or a poetry reading or something and they're all like you know hand drawn sort of graphic design sort of things and she sketched out like the shape of like this kind of thing she wanted to look like so then i'm finding fonts and then i'm rearranging everything to kind of look like this loose sketch and then it's just like this is this ping pong that goes back and forth. I think like I think like an entire two months of our lives we're just like obsessively looking for fonts. Yeah. <laughs> which I which I love. Which when we made the Los yeah. Angeles collection, it was all about finding those little doodad images that are on each. The little icons, yeah. Little, and yeah, yeah. I love that kind of stuff. I love all, yeah, I love the iconography of that. The bell was so hard to find. Really? Like, it was so hard to land on the bell, and it was hard to land on the tambourine. How, so is that something you guys designed, or you kind of, like, looked through, like, a, a lot of... We found them, but they all came from different places, um, and they all look very uniform, but they all came from different sources. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, like, some of them, I just, like, they were just hidden in the, you know, somewhere deep in the internet somewhere, I like purchased the licensing for them or whatever mm-hmm. the, the cause, you know what I mean? Cool. But they just were like to find the ones that had the right kind of feel and yeah. mood. I was like, I want the label to look like the title page of an old paperback novel. Like yes. that's like yeah. what I want the feel to be. So it, it, it does like, have that. Yeah. It totally has that. That's exactly the and then I love that the new line is all about the fonts because even the, uh, you know, I haven't seen anything. Else. Yeah. But the 34 Bohemian Cafe, like, it's, I totally get that, that's, that time period and that that vibe that you're going for. Yeah, like, so she showed you how it's, like, a little bit, it's just kind of all, it's very graphic. You can almost hear music in the background, like, someone be like, Yeah, it looks like the poster to a show or, like, a reading or something. like right. Like something you'd see on the street of San Francisco or New York back in that time. Right. And um, yeah. all four of them that we're making kind of have all different feel. They're all in that same kind of way, but they don't look alike at all. So yeah. when you put them together, they literally look like these little art pieces, mm-hmm. which is very cool. Really? Like that, I, just seeing the 34 Bohemian Cafes on our counter next to the old L.A. collection, I'm like, wow, that one just like it's bold and it sticks out and it's vibrant. And it, look, it looks like a little art piece. It'll have the same spirit to it, but it'll... It'll, it, it'll be a little bit like funkier. I, huh. I just like that it's a little more bold in its uh, presence like the LA collection has an elegance to it and it this does. one has a little bit more of a boldness yeah like a funk to it yeah it's like an out on the town kind of boldness you can you can smell the cigarette smoke you can hear the jazz you can like you know I can't wait I'm so excited wow this sounds amazing the coffee grounds the the chatter it's like everything is like yeah. in in there I love but it I think I think being in a relationship and then we were together for about like what, seven years when we started, seven, mm-hmm. six, seven years when we started this. So we were already like deep into our relationship when we added this like new facet to it. And I think mm-hmm. it like recharged our relationship in like a new way. Like it added like a really new turning point to it, almost like the way I guess like a child would for some people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, like, this really rewarding project that you're working on together. And, and like you said, like, what a fun date night. Like, some of the nights where we would just be like, oh, we're staying in together and, like, working on this thing together. Yeah. Right. Um, right. Has been really fun. There's a lot of research that goes into it, too. Like, we've been spending so much time researching, like, 
old, but like old archive store footage. Which is really fun because. So, yeah, I mean, it's cool. It's definitely like a fun thing to do with your partner. And I would recommend it. Like we would get into stuff. We both get into stuff anyway, like movies, books, records, whatever. I get obsessive about just artists, like recording artists or whatever. And then I'll just dive in. And that's like, you know, I'll be listening to like right now. I just like completely dove back into like Fela Kuti. And I'm like obsessive. Watch every Mm. piece of information. I can get and I just absorb it until it's like nothingness and then it goes in my mind and mm-hmm. I can't I can't get away from it so we, yeah. we will like you know we do that stuff for fun anyway so to do it together as research for like something you're building has a whole other kind of dimension to it and like it kind of revived me as well because I had been making music for so many years and you just kind of grind that stuff out and you do it you do it you do it and you expect nothing in return mm-hmm. but then directing all that energy to the brand and going oh we can be creative and you can like build upon it and like see results you're not just like playing for no one or or whatever right 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 that's amazing do you guys have a day of the week that you like designate as like no perfume day or do you feel like it's kind of 24 7 it's just all the time it's just happening when it happens you ride the wave and it just goes all the time i think it's like like a decision in a day like we've already worked for you know six hours or something and like we're chilling or like driving dinner yeah. And, like, one of us will start talking about it, and we'll be like, let's, like, talk about something else right now. Like, sometimes it does, like, like, no perfume talk. Yeah. That's usually what she says. Yeah, when I have an idea, I can't help myself. I cannot hold it in because I'm like, look how, like, uh, I'm, I'm so on topic right now. Like, I'm so, I can't stop. And she's like, I, I honestly, I just need a break. It's, it's fine. <laughs> but I, I can't hold it in. But it's so, it's so great when it's a shared passion, and it's yeah. so great when you have different brains, and so, like, your strengths play into each other of, like, what you are good at versus what you are at and it just builds this world like yeah. it's, a, it's an amazing thing. yeah I, I just want everything i myself or we work on together i just want it to be great like you can't like all the way down to those fonts and those little lines there's been so many times where i've like had to email someone who pressed a label and go you know that just it's okay but this one little corner is a little bit you know it has to be like this and like we just get so yeah. we just want excellence in every in, the, in everything even though it's a product it's still like this thing you're creating so yeah. you know you can't you, well it definitely shows you can't I appreciate that you can't like show that to everybody on Instagram when they like see your prices and everything you're like there's a lot of uh, time and energy and heart and yeah. soul into this like it's like no we're not making this up this is just what it is goes into it you know so you try to put it in the detail so it speaks for itself I 100% agree working with somebody that you're really close to or in a relationship with on something creative too like I can't say that Thin Wild Mercury was would look the way that it does had I hired someone to help me with like what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. I definitely credit the success of our brand to the partnership that we have together. Right, right. Because you can keep building it together. You can be honest or you can take as much time as you need. Right. You don't have to like, I don't know, edit yourself super professionally yeah. and get the work that yeah. you want or like the vision that you have. So um, yeah. yeah, I like it. It's that it's it's cool. It's cool. We kind of like lack that bringing home work vibe that can happen sometimes too. Of like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I equate everything to like being in a band, and because that's it was like my experience. And Kathleen's not a musician per se, so I'm like, this would have been our band together. So we. What instrument did you play? I wish that you like 
sang or played an instrument or something. Uh, I'm a guitarist. <laughs> yeah, like, oh yeah, like I. So this is just like we're in the band together. Like Kathleen is kind of, yeah. She writes the perfume, so she's kind of the lead singer. I mean, but we write all the songs. Yeah. You know, the the album, the stuff that you see is like the work. Yeah. And it, it gets done together. And when you have, you know, a band of people that got together organically and have some kind of chemistry, it's a lot different than if you just like hire a third party to do something kind of clinical. Mm-hmm. So, so to me and Kat, to me, this stuff is like our, you know, our band. Work. You're making our, music together. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're making music in so many words. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Wow, that's amazing. I there's one more segment that we have in the show that I like to conclude episodes with, and Anthony, maybe you want to play too. It's kind of like um, a rapid fire. Okay. So the segment is called "What's That Smell." Mm. What's that smell? And basically, it's a smell association game. So I'll just say different people, places, or things, and you just list like, and it can be, it could be as like specific as an actual perfume or like a note or a per anything. Whatever comes to your mind is right. Okay. So I'm gonna name some things, and you guys each like rapid fire tell me the first smell that comes to mind. Okay. Okay, Kathleen, okay. you can go first. Okay. okay. L.A. Oh, I want to say. Smog. To me, I say the smell of uh, curry in the distance because our apartment was right across the street from an Indian restaurant oh that we frequented all the time, and we get like wafts of it, and I would just order it every day. So it's the best smell ever. Wow, that's great. <laughs> and so it just like you would be like this hot wind with like some curry kind of creeping through the window. <laughs> mm, spicy smog is a hot is a hot wind, a hot thick wind. Yeah. Like, what about a smog curry? That's a beautiful. That's an, a beautiful myth. Yeah. So my my LA because LA is different for everyone. Yeah. My LA has this curry because of being the proximity to the restaurant. <laughs> food cooking in the distance. Any kind of food cooking. Yeah, food cooking in the good, distance. A good LA. Yeah. yeah. Okay, um, New York. Ooh, oh gosh, I, I don't equate nice smells to cities. Yeah. The first thing I think of is garbage <laughs> in the summertime, like the big black trash bag piled up on the yeah. sidewalk. Yeah. To me, yeah. holding my breath. I, I'm sorry. It's wafts. New York. I'm sorry, LA. <laughs> For me, I went through like a garbage thing and into like a bit of like grease. Like when you walk past a, like a food cart or something, like I just mm, picture myself mm. walking around like Midtown or like Union Square or something, and just walking past the and people Santa cooking Santa on the side. That's New York to me too. Santal. Santal, hundred percent. That is like the fragrance of New York City. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's New York. Sandalwood is so. I, I feel like it's all over New York City right now. Yeah. It's. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a really nice smell. It is a great smell, but when you smell it every single day, you're like, how did th- this is not. It's weird when a, when a smell that starts off as unique becomes mainstream because yeah. it wasn't a common smell, but it became common. Anyway, yeah. I digress. Okay, Anthony, what is the smell you associate with Kathleen? Oh. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> you can be funny. Uh, right off the bat, it's probably going to be like your, is it like your dry shampoo? Oh, or the IGK stuff? Yeah, or what was it that was just in there? Oh, that was living proof mm. heat Yeah, it's like, a, it's, a, it's, it's whatever I yeah, party. that's, I mean, because yeah, yeah. she kind of changes what she puts on every day. And sometimes right. she puts on things that she's, like, working on to test them. But that heat protector is a constant. Yeah, her actual, her, her actual like, uh, fragrance is not really the thing I associate. It's more like the products of, like, after getting ready, like the dry shampoo and, and, the, yeah. and the, the, that, like, yeah. I just walked into the bathroom and it's just, it just wafts all around that part of the hallway. Yeah. So. <laughs> There's another smell that associates with me called 1C. 1C? Well, it's, it's called... That's 
that's a nickname. It's short for everything at once. And it's how I smell after I've been working. I used to make a joke like when she was formulating the first perfumes, like she smelled all her ingredients she was working with at one time. And I was like, mm. everything at once by Thin Wild Mercury. <laughs> and, I was, and then okay. uh, she'd be like, what does it smell like? And I was like, it's a bit oncey. And like literally every, every <laughs> material that I have. Uh, it was just my way of shortening that phrase. Oh my god! It's just my way of shortening that phrase. Yes, I love it. <laughs> but no, and mostly, mostly with her, it's the, it's the, um, the products, the hair products. Hair products. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, that's a, that's a through line. <laughs> Kathleen, yeah. what does Anthony smell like? Mm, well, I, I really enjoy. It's hard to explain because, like, the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I like nuzzle my face into Anthony. So, <laughs> like, it smells like Anthony to me, mm-hmm. like. It's a little aldehydic. There's a little like skin musk there. It's like mm. a little bit creamy. Oh, yeah, I can't go like, that deep. It's uh, <laughs> you know, the, that like I wanted. I wanted to sound nice, but as a perfumer, you always want to like talk about the disgusting parts of things. But like, mm-hmm. you like them. yeah, like unclean scalp, like the <laughs> the like. You yeah, know, like I'm, I'm aldehydic, waxy, oily. Just for the record, like, I actually wash my hair every day. <laughs> but like in the, in the but are you using living proof? Are you no. using? Uh, I'm not actually. Yeah, you doing heat styling. I don't do any heat styling, <laughs> but um, I did some of the dry shampoo but, for a while. But yeah, that's that's it's like very personal smell that I wouldn't want anybody else to really like know. Yeah, yeah. It's that human smell. That smell, yeah. It's, it's a human smell, I guess. I could, I, I'm, re- I'm very well-versed in this. Like, I went to some of her, like, perfume classes with her just for fun. She could bring a guest. And I actually thought it was great, like, learning all that stuff. Kind of like she was saying, like, deconstructing the sort of things that people consider normally disgusting or weird. You kind of are like, hmm, what does that actually smell like if you don't use the word to describe right, it? Right. <laughs> You associate like too clean of a smell, like overdone. I'm spraying products everywhere with me, and I associate his like unclean body. <laughs> right, right, right. That's so funny. You're like you're the raw smell, and you're the hairspray. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Kathleen, what does your youth smell like? And Ooh. then the same for you, obviously. Honeysuckle. Honeysuckle. That's always like what I go for. Yeah. I like this question. Uh, for me, it's definitely seawater like salt water mm. uh, and also it's a combination of like the nice salty smell because I lived right on the water like my mother's house is on a bay actually so, nice. so there's like the the nice smell of seawater that would always be in the distance and then also the sort of pungent like uh bay slow tide kind of smell mm-hmm. like it's like a sulfur kind of it's a really specific smell it's a real it's just like bay water seafood kind of thing I just it just where I grew up was very like Boats, docks, seafood restaurant, water, just base, seawater kind of thing. So And you both grew up there, right? Yeah. I lived yeah. I lived right on the on the water though, mm-hmm. so it might be a little different for yeah, me. But I moved to Hintown when I was a freshman in high school. So, oh, the new girl. Yeah, yeah, I spent time in um, North Carolina and a couple other like. Little All right, yeah, so. so not quite, but I do associate that smell with my time there, like a hundred percent. Yeah, the, like, I can smell it in my mind right now. The, wow. the bay, the smell of the bay and the the, the, bay, the, the Atlantic bay Ocean. Smell is like brilliant the atlantic ocean yeah it's a salt water smell i actually get a little bit from it in the most pleasant way possible i get a little bit from it from zuma 1975 there's a there's like a marine vibe to that yeah it's uh i get it i get it i don't know why i rub my fingers yeah yeah, you're conjuring it up there's there's marine yeah yeah uh, zuma's more like
like straight like it, when I'm at the beach, I really get zoomed like suntan lotion, salty ocean, the waves yeah. crashing, that kind of breezy smell. Yeah, that, the, but, the the like kind of like salty marine smell that's in Zuma is like it's more of a suggestion and mm. not really like there. Well, it works. I totally smell it. I I use I use like a, a watermelon note. Interesting. That smells like oceanic in a way and makes a couple other things in there to like give it more of that push but yeah it's fun creating like the ocean smell it's just like what we were talking about like the power of suggestion of like right yeah yeah it's crazy <laughs> it's cool it's just it's the best part okay the last what's that smell is what is the smell of love mm. i would definitely say it's the same thing that i'm talking about with what i smell with Anthony. it's like that closeness to something like smell like smelling them like mm. yeah and it's that like waxy metallic aldehyde kind of yeah. skin yeah. thing that's what i it's not, that's not the most like poetic thing to pick for me it's um <laughs> what it is for me it's like yeah a, kind of like naughty closeness mm. Mm. for me because i'm the one that does this it's cooking breakfast the smell of coffee and like eggs and like like oh like it's just these kitchen smells of cooking acts of service like mo- specifically breakfast because it. it's the kind of thing i just do that for us like every day it's kind of my organic role and you know Kathleen's sort of comfort in the morning is very you know I'm sensitive to that so that's very nice I'm thinking about that kind of stuff (laughs) yeah so I think cooking breakfast is the smell of love for me (laughs) the little things that's (laughs) that's beautiful and touching and you guys are business partners and you still have those little things and that's that's what love is about Yeah, yeah um well, what a treat to not only have Kathleen, but also get this surprise visitor, Anthony. You guys have been amazing. It's been so fun yeah, thanks for having to- me. Oh, it's my thanks pleasure. For letting me, um, uh, uh, thanks for letting me crash the party. You guys, I heard you in the background talking about mostly all the important stuff. You, first. we're talking about you. So, yeah. so where can people find Thin Wild Mercury? Where and what would you recommend if people want to explore the line? Um, well, you can find us online on our website, shopthinwildmercury.com. We're in Escalado. We're in three of them in California. Oakland, Los Angeles, and Echo Park, and soon to be San Diego. Cool. Congrats on that. Thank you. We're in the New York one as well. Yeah, New York City. Uh, we, we have them. Uh, also, there's a hotel in Malibu called the Surfrider Hotel okay. that sells whiskey and Zuma. This list is growing, and we need a stockist yes. tab on our site now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and we have a place in Miami too, right? What was the... Um... Let's put it into the ether. It will happen. Yeah, Miami. We're in Visby, Arizona, too. A place called Classic Rock Tour. She makes, like, really cool bomber jackets. That's awesome. Um, really cool bomber jackets, actually. Obviously, it's yeah. bomber tree. And the best way to explore our collection is the sample set. I always say the sample set. Sometimes people want to email me and say, what do you think I should? This is what I like. I always suggest the sample set first. Yeah, it's good yeah. to spend time with things. Amazing. It's really developed. So, yeah, it's a fun, fun little... Thing to play with and it lasts for a little while too so well as someone who has been a recipient of the sample set i also have to wholeheartedly recommend it and i also just want to commend thin wild mercury in general because there really is something in your line for everyone and i feel like each fragrance in the set appeals to a different mood or personality or vibe so whatever your aesthetic definitely check out that sample set thanks um thank you guys so much for listening Kathleen and Anthony, thank you for joining. You can follow The Perfume Room on Instagram at Perfume Room Pod. You can follow me on Instagram at Emma Vern or on TikTok at Emma underscore Vern. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. 
Perfume Room is co-produced and edited by Adam Avalos, music by Max Vernon, and art by Israel Rodriguez. 